Well, Life Center, I'd encourage you, if you aren't yet engaged in one of our serve teams, make sure you check that out. We love watching people mobilize the gifts that God has put in their lives. So glad that you're with us today here at Life Center. In fact, we've had an incredible morning. This is now our third gathering of this Sunday morning, and you are in for a treat. A number of years ago, I met a man named Pastor Dan Leanne. We were together at a conference, and the Holy Spirit just kind of showed up in the midst of a conversation we had. And I remember saying to Dan, man, I want to bring you out to Life Center. And uh, I think like three days later, the world shut down because of this thing called COVID. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, But anyways, I'm so thankful to have Pastor Dan in the house today. He has spent decades traveling around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus And I know that today your life is going to be encouraged. So, Life Center, would you put your hands together and welcome my good friend, Pastor Dan Leanne, as he comes. Come on, man. Your hands are warm. Put your hands together for King Jesus in the room. Come on. He's already doing his thing. And what an honor and privilege it is to come and hang out with y'all. For those who are looking at me a little bit confused right now. Uh, Dan Leanne, I was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. That's the reason my voice is this way. Uh, My mother and father are Chinese. That's the reason my face is this way. Uh, But five years ago, my family and I moved to Anderson, South Carolina. That's the reason I have type 2 diabetes and I drive a truck. And um, I get to serve as 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 a teaching pastor at an amazing church called New Spring Church. We have 14 campuses around the state of South Carolina. So if you're looking for some college football and some humidity, come on down to South Carolina. We have all of it. If you have a free Sunday, pop into one of our campuses. Uh, We'd love to make you feel at home. Uh, Previously, uh, in a a past life, before I moved and based in America, uh, I traveled around this blue rock God made talking about Jesus. And um, I, I saw a lot. My eyes are small, but they're surprisingly strong. And, and I can pick a great pastor and a great pastoral family when I see one. So I just want to acknowledge the, 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 the Soli family and uh, just love Pastor Tyler and Amber and Judah and Justice so much. Um, they are full of love for this church. Um, they are full of vision for this church. And, and you got to understand, they are full of strength wisdom and power that God gave them to take this church where it was destined to go. So I'm just going to challenge you to to knit heart, knit soul, knit faith uh, with this amazing family and go somewhere miraculous. Come on, together as an amazing church. Come on, how we just honor our senior pastors in the room today. We love you so much. Okay, you stop now. There's a countdown clock there and there's a trap door here and I got told that if I stick to time in this service, I'm being taken out for some free sushi. And you understand, I love me some free sushi, you know what I'm saying? So I've got a really simple word that God really put on my heart uh, on Wednesday for y'all. Um, I was praying on Wednesday, and I just wanted something that was going to, to really feel like from heaven directly to you. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak some words, and I wrote them down. So if you would allow me just to read these words... This is where we're going to center today. I believe that God wants to use this 1130 gathering to see some joy restored in someone's journey. God wants to redeposit joy into the account of somebody's soul. The last couple of years have robbed you of joy. 
It's stolen your confidence. You've lost that pep in your step, that smile on your face. But God wants to give you back abounding joy. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak joy into your homes, joy into your marriages, joy into your parenting, joy back into your work, joy back into your schooling, joy back into even these gatherings. God wants to today restore some joy. So that's what we're going to talk about. How does God restore joy? Let me pray. And we'll jump into this simple word. Dear Jesus, help. Amen. I really want this free sushi. God wants to restore your joy. Joy is a hard word to define. You can go to the dictionary. You can study the Hebrew word and the original Greek word. And and you can extrapolate the concept of an inner strength, an inner lightness, an inner confidence, an inner gladness. But the reality is joy as a concept is hard to exhaustively explain. But everyone in this room knows joy when they see it. Everyone in this room knows joy when they feel it. Unfortunately, there are way too many people in this room who know what it's like to have had joy and to have lost it. Sadly, there are way too many people who can tell the story of how once upon a time they had more joy than they have right now. And it's important for us, dare I say, imperative for us as a faith community to be real about how we're going with joy. Because God designed you in such a way to run off joy, to operate off joy. That's the reason in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, the Bible says, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I run off joy, I can deal with life. When I've got ample joy in my journey, I can climb that mountain. When I've got lots of joy, that problem gets solved. When I've got joy, that nine to five job just flies by every single day and I have a smile on my dial and a bounce on my step and I deal with whatever comes up with passion and with energy because I've got joy. You flip it, without joy, everything is difficult. That little hill becomes an insurmountable mountain. That problem becomes unsolvable. Everyone just be getting on your nerves. You flare up into fight so quick. You lose your temper so fast. Why? Because God designed you in such a way to run off joy. So you need joy. Not only do we need joy to power through life, we need joy Because it's our witness and our testimony. Good news is no good news at all if it's not delivered with joy. You can't declare the gospel with a frown on your face and be believed. As a people who follow Jesus, we need joy because ultimately in a dry and divided and desperate world, our joy is one of the clearest apologetics of the reality of a God. We need joy. We have an opportunity right now to share Jesus and to shine light and to show his reality as we show the joy that comes from him in the darkest places and spaces. We need joy, but we have a problem. We as a humanity are knit together by this common thread. We are running low on joy in general. 
If you don't believe me, think about basically traffic and what it's like right now. People are frustrated and angry and tense. Think about walking through a commercial domestic airport. It is just a place of tension. and str- Everyone in the world today feels drier, angrier, more frustrated, and lacking joy. So Houston and Tacoma, we have a problem. We need joy to power through in life. We need joy to be a witness and a testimony in a dead and dark world. But we are running low on joy. So let me ask you this question. How are you going with your joy right now? If there was like a fuel gauge on your heart with an F for full and E for empty and a light that would go off if you were running really, really low, what would your joy gauge read? If I was to ask your loved ones, your spouse, your children, what your joy gauge was, what, what, what your joy gauge was reading, what would they say? How are you going with your joy gauge? Just out of curiosity, like what do you do? Like when you're driving around and you look on your dashboard, if you're driving around one of those, I know there's a lot of Teslas up here in the Northwest, but if you're driving one of those good old-fashioned cars with an engine, burning some good old-fashioned fossil fuel, come on, like Jesus intended. Like what do you do when that light goes off? Indicating low fuel. Do you do what my wife does as a smart, intelligent, insightful, wise human being and see that as an indicator that she needs to go find a gas station and fill up? Or do you do what I do? See it as the beginning of the game. Like how many more miles can I squeeze out of this tank? You know what I'm saying? The computer is reading 50 miles. That's at least 150 miles in this thing. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I feather the accelerator going up hills, if I take my foot off the accelerator going down hills, I can squeeze maybe 200 miles out of this thing. And I'm definitely not going to pull over and get gas because like gas be like $5 a gallon and I'm going to try to get as much as I, you know what I'm saying? What do you do? Is your joy tank light going off? Because if it is, you're not alone. Because we've all been through it over the last couple of years. The fear in society. The frustration in culture. Words like pandemic and quarantine that were never a part of my vocabulary, which is like everyday speech right now. I've never been told that I can't go within six feet of somebody. I'm a hugger, and I intend to hug everyone in this room before you leave today. It does something to your joy. Never worn a face mask before. I found that they chafe my face and they chafe my soul. I've got friendships that dissolved. Relationships that have been ruined over the last couple of years. It feels like every single time you turn the news on or read another article, it's another piece of evidence that the world is just getting crazier and crazier and crazier. So if you find yourself sitting here today feeling a little low in joy, you ain't alone. If your joy light is going off, that is not a unique experience because we've all been through it. But I've got some good news for you. Come on. If you're running low on joy, you came to the right place. Because we serve a God and we have sung to a God who is in the business of restoring joy. That's the reason King David in Psalm 51 could declare, hey, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Or in other words, God, I'm running way low on this joy stuff. You can restore it to me. I need you to do it. Come on. Chip and Joanna ain't got nothing on my king. 
He is the restorer of joy. Amen? So if you came in here and you were like kind of running on low, if you were like two out of ten in your joy tank, I'm believing that God is going to take the next 31 minutes and help you get back to a nine. And then you can whip by the Puyallup State Fair and grab some of those scones with the jam and they'll take you all the way to a ten. God is in the business, come on, of restoring your joy. So here's the question, how? Okay, big Asian guy who obviously does a lot of upper body work in the gym, but not as much on his lower body, how? How is my joy restored? You're right, Dan. I've been off. People have noticed it. I don't smile quite as big. I don't laugh quite as loud. I've got this cloud that kind of just, I can't shake. How? How is my joy restored? Well, I want to point to some scriptures and some truths in the Bible that if I promise you, I promise you, if you reflect on them and not only be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, you're going to see joy restored more and more every single day. So if you're taking down notes, you can pull out your leather-bound journals and your pencils right now. An old mentor of mine used to tell me that a blunt pencil is more effective than a sharp mind in remembering the things that God whispers to you about. I'm not saying you need to take notes to get into heaven. I'm just saying, why take a chance? You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like an open book test at the end, messing around. But, but I want you to scribble these points down and just think about them. I want you to talk about them today at lunch. I want you to kind of come back to this come Wednesday. All right? If you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can open up that note app and thank the Lord Jesus for Steve Jobs as you do so. That's a wonderful piece of technology you have right there. If you have like one of those Android devices, one of those Samsung devices, one of those Google devices, you can put it away. I've got nothing for you from this point on in the message. Because you mess up our group text with your green bubble action. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just want to reflect on three truths, three scriptures that will help us see joy restored. So how is joy restored? Point number one, joy is restored in the presence of Jesus. More Jesus, more joy. If you don't get anything else out of this talk, I hope and pray that you get this. If you've been running low on joy, prioritize his presence. Because whenever you hang out with Jesus, you leave him more joy. There's more strength, there's more confidence. When you hang out with the one who's got the whole world in his hands, it's amazing how much joy he leaves in your heart because of that hanging out with him. More Jesus, more joy. That's the reason the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. The fallout from fellowship with hanging out with God is more joy. That's all the Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is Jesus with us every single day. Father, God loved us, those made in His image, so much that He would send His one and only Son, Jesus, to this earth to live a perfect life to bear our sin and our shame, to be buried in a tomb so that he could overcome sin and death, so he can live today and give us the third part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus every day with us. And hanging out with him results in more joy. Come on, smile, that's really good news. Because right now you can have as much Jesus as you want. As, as much space as you create, he'll fill it. As many moments as you make, he'll mark them. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. Come on, smile, that's good news. It means that the level of joy in your journey isn't governed by your personality. 
Some people think that they'll never have joy in their journey because they're just a grumpy person naturally. You know, I'm just a, I'm just a little bit of a kind of a grumpier person. It's the way that I am. It's my mother and father were negative people, and I'm like a glass half empty kind of individual. And even my blood type is negative. And then, and, and you think that you're never going to have joy because of your personality. Well, you have a very unique personality, but the joy in your journey is not dictated or determined by your personality. It's dictated and determined by the person who is Jesus Christ. And irrespective of your personality, come on, right now, you can have as much of Jesus as you want. Come on. As much space as you'll create, he'll fill it. Every moment that you give him, he'll mark it. Come on, smile. That's really good news. That means that the joy in your journey isn't governed or limited by your circumstances. That's the difference between happiness and joy. See, happiness is that high feeling you get connected to things going your way. When happenings go your way, you feel happiness. That's where the word happiness comes from. So if things are going good, you can feel happy, happy, happy. Things don't go your way, sad, sad, sad. Money stuff going good, happy, happy, happy. Money stuff going bad, sad, sad, sad. Health stuff going good, happy, happy, happy. Stuff falling apart, sad, sad, sad. Having a good hair day, happy, happy, happy. Having a no hair day, come on, sad, sad, sad. You know what I'm saying? The Seahawks go beat Russell and the Broncos. Happy, happy, happy. And then the Seahawks went down to San Francisco, sad, sad, sad. It's up and it's down and it's down and it's up. And I've got no issue with happy. I like happy. I just refuse to knit my soul to happy. Because happiness is up and down, outside in. Joy is different. Joy is unchanging because it's connected to the unchanging Jesus and it's inside out. So money stuff good, money stuff bad, Jesus never changed, I've got joy. Health stuff good, bad doctors report, hey, I got Jesus, I got joy. Hey, Seahawks playing great, Seahawks playing not so well, come on, I got Jesus, come on, I got joy. We all get an opportunity to make a decision to tie our soul to the one who is the same, come on, yesterday, today, and forever. So irrespective of what life dishes up, irrespective of what befalls your journey, hey, you can get shaken, but you're going to stand. Why? Because you got Jesus and you got joy. Come on, we've got to prioritize his presence. That's the reason first thing in the morning before you open up, like that news website that you get your information from. Come on, open up the, new, the, the good news and hear the word of God because that's what you need more than anything because when you got Jesus, you got joy. Come on, before you fill your household with complaining about the day ahead or frustration with stuff going on in the household, come on, fill your household with praise and worship. Come on, music that point in, points in God's direction. Come on, prioritize his presence. That's the reason we got to get along to church. I love it. I love catching things online. I'm, I'm going to watch our church service online this afternoon. I love catching church services if I can't get there. But if I can get there, I want to get there in person because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is with them also in a unique and special way. You can experience Jesus every single day, but you experience him in a special, unique way when you see your brothers and sisters in Jesus. When you give them a hug, when you give them a high five, when you look them in the eye, when you ask them how they're doing, come on, you feel Jesus in a different way. Prioritize his presence. More Jesus, more joy. Joy not only comes from the presence of Jesus, joy also comes from perspective. The way you look at things, the lens through which you gaze. 
will determine whether or not joy blooms in your journey or busts in your journey. That's the reason Pastor James in his book could declare, hey, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Or in other words, life will never be short of trials and tribulations, but you get a decision to make, how you consider it and how you face it. Specifically, I want to challenge you to smash the lens of grumbling through which so many of us look at life. Over the last couple of years, I found even myself falling into this trap. Everything that I look at is through the lens of grumbling. That is my perspective. And if you look through the lens of grumbling, I promise you whatever joy could have been will not be. But if you could replace that lens of grumbling with a lens of gratitude, I promise you, there will never be a day where you lack joy. I'll give you an example from the last four hours of your life. Just think about the last four hours of your life. Looked at through the lens of grumbling. So you woke up this morning and you're going, oh, I I didn't have a good sleep. In fact, I woke up with a bad back. How am I waking up with a bad back? I didn't go to sleep with a bad back. Now I got a bad back. I got to go to church today. It's a beautiful day. It's one of the last sunny days here in the Tacoma, Seattle kind of area. And I'm going to waste my last sunny day hanging out in church. But I got to go to church because sure enough, the one week that I miss church will be the week that Jesus comes back. And I, I'm, and I, and I don't need that on me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go along to church. So first I need to have some breakfast. I need a little bit of breakfast. They tell me it's the most important meal of the day. So I get myself some cinnamon toast crunch. And all I want is a little bit of cinnamon toast crunch with a little bit of cow milk on it. Some good old-fashioned cow milk. That's the reason God made the cow for the cow milk. And I open up my fridge and lo and behold, there is no cow milk left. Someone drunk all the cow milk. What's this almond milk stuff? What kind of weird hippie invented this almond milk stuff? So I'm drinking this almond milk. I don't like this almond milk stuff. And now I'm coming to church and there's traffic everywhere. Why is there so much traffic on the roads? It's a Sunday. It's a day of rest. Why is everyone on the road annoying me? And now I'm pulling up into the parking lot, getting out of my car, and I'm walking up to the front doors, and there's a man there with a big smile on his face. I don't trust men on a Sunday morning smiling at me that big. He's up to something. He knows something. He's a shape. And I'm walking into the auditorium. And lo and behold, as if my day wasn't bad enough, it's, it just got, because someone's sitting in my seat. Why is there someone sitting in my seat? I've been here for years at this church, and everybody knows that's my seat. Now I'm sitting in a seat that's not my seat, and we're singing songs. And I don't like these songs, because I feel that the only songs that we sing should come from the book of Psalms. I don't read the book of Psalms, but I feel that they should come from the book of Psalms. And now I've got a Chinese guy with a strange accent, and he's yelling at me. Can you feel the joy? Come on, leave the room. Hey, hey, some of you guys actually lived your last four hours exactly like that. Hey, some of you have lived your last two years exactly like that. Just imagine you smash that lens and you look at the last four hours of your life through a different one, the lens of gratitude. And you wake up this morning and you go, oh, I didn't sleep good last night. I got a pain in my back. But that's all good. Pain in the morning just means that I didn't die in my sleep. You know what I'm saying? I get to go to church today, and there are so many places in the world 
where they would love to be able to go to a building with freedom and to worship God. Just in the open, it's amazing. What an honor and a privilege. What a great country we live in. I've got to get some breakfast first. So I'm going to go get my cinnamon toast crunch and all the cow milk is gone. But I got almond milk. Praise God for almond milk. Someone took the time to work out where the udders are on those almonds and milk those little things. And now I've got almond milk and I'm driving to church and there is traffic everywhere. Praise God for traffic. Traffic means that the world is getting back to normal. I get to church this morning. I park my car. I walk up to the front door and there's a man there smiling, opening up a door for me. Someone took the time to get here early to warm up the house so that I could feel Jesus and someone is serving me. Thank God for that. I walk into the room and someone's sitting in my seat. Praise God, someone is sitting in my seat. That means that someone who doesn't usually come along to church came to church today and sat in my seat because everyone who usually comes to church knows that's my seat. And so here I am, I'm praising God and I'm worshiping God, worshiping God. I'm sounding good this morning. And that's a Chinese guy and he's yelling at me and I don't understand a word he's saying, but I like his energy, man. I like his energy. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Do that this week instead of complaining. Come on, do that this week instead of fighting. Do that this week instead of stressing. Instead of about worrying all about all the things that you don't have, come on, be grateful for all the things that you do have, and I promise you this, you will never be lacking joy. In fact, if you become an expert at the gratitude game, looking through that lens, I promise you, not only is your life going to be marked by joy, but every room that you're in will be marked by greater joy. Can someone say a good amen to that? Joy comes from perspective. Thirdly and lastly, Joy not only comes from the person who is Jesus and his presence, it not only comes from perspective, it also comes with persevering. Holding on, not giving up, trusting in him. I don't run away from God, I'm going to run towards him. I'm not going to turn away, I'm going to trust him more. And the Bible promises more joy for you. That's the reason in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, the Bible would declare, hey, may the God of hope, and can I just remind you that we have a God of hope? We don't have a God of despair. We don't have a God of discouragement. We don't have a God of division. We have a God of hope. Oxygen for your souls. Confidence for your days. The best is yet to come for tomorrow. Come on, we have a God of hope. And here's the prayer. May he fill you with all joy and peace. How cool is that? So the God of hope wants to fill you with all joy. Come on, everyone say all joy. Now say all joy like an Australian, all joy. Say all joy like an American, all joy. Come on, say all joy like my dad, all joy. I taught you languages. He says, you can be filled with all kinds of joy and peace. But here's the catch. It's as you trust in Him. Can you see the exchange? You give Him trust, He gives you joy. Come on. You trust in Him, confidence starts to build. Gladness is restored. A lightness begins to mark you afresh and anew as you trust in Him. 
And this is more than just words on a page. This is the story of my journey over the last couple of months. Because I'm here to confess to you that I came into 2022 pretty low on joy. I've always been a naturally positive person, a naturally energetic person. I don't know why. It might be connected to the fact that my mother never breastfed me but gave me Red Bull instead. I don't know. Something happened, made me like this. Pray for my wife. But I'm telling you now, starting 22, man, I was running low on joy. 2020, like for all of us, was difficult. 21 in many ways was harder because it was disappointing. I thought things were going to get back into rhythm, but it felt like everything fractured even deeper. So hard to be a pastor through that period. I felt like everything you did angered somebody. You're trying to understand and love a part of your community, but you're trying to understand a part of your community cause another part of the community to feel like you didn't care about them. So you turn to this part of the community, you're trying to listen to them and now they're angry at you. Now they're all leaving together. <laughs> it was so difficult. Add to that, haven't been able to go back and see my mother and father and my extended family for the last four years. Like we made it a plan every single year to go back to Australia for a little bit and see family. And obviously in 2020, everything shut down. And then in 21, Australia closed its borders and even this year because of some visa issues I'm here legally I'm just not allowed to leave the country and come back in and long long story but but so I haven't seen my extended family for four years now and I don't know if you know this but Melbourne Australia where my mother and father still live went through the harshest and longest lockdown anywhere on planet earth through COVID they were locked down for 320 days 320 days they could only leave the house for one hour and they had to stay within 1.6 miles of the house. There were police patrolling the streets, stopping them from going anywhere. So I'm trying to keep my parents' spirits high. And I'm trying to FaceTime with them, but every single time I FaceTime, I'd see my father getting angrier and angrier as my mother got grayer and grayer. And all of this frustration in my heart caused me to avert my attention from my good King Jesus. And just look at all the problems in this earth. And as if that wasn't bad enough, I get COVID in December last year for the second time. I got told that it's not as bad as the first time. They lied. And all that cool kind of young people COVID where I kind of felt tired, went to sleep, felt great in the morning. I'm talking about like kind of old man, check my oxygen levels kind of COVID. So I'm just like over it. I'm going, God, enough. So frustrated, so discouraged, so low on joy. So it's early January, a cold morning in South Carolina. It's the middle of the night. I've got to go to the bathroom because I'm over 40. I go three times an evening. I'm walking to the bathroom and I'm just so exhausted. I just sit down on the bedroom floor in the darkness and I begin to cry. I'm just over it. My beautiful wife of 24 years hears me sobbing in the dark. So gets out of bed and sits next to me. She feels around and grabs my hand. And Romans chapter 15 verse 13 comes to mind. 
So I start speaking it out in faith. May the God of hope fill me with all joy and all peace. And right now, I trust in you. I'm going to believe that you're still in control. I'm going to believe that you're still on the throne. I'm going to believe that you're going to bring all things into alignment again. Come, I believe that you're working all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. I trust in you. I'm just here to testify to you. That night in January, I felt like electricity fell out of heaven and hit my hand. It flowed up my arm and filled my heart. And the last nine months has been the story of a joy restored. I'm telling you now, I'm feeling different now from the inside out. And that's all I'm trusting and believing for, for you. You didn't get here on your own volition. This is a God ambush to let you know that He still sees you, He knows you, He loves you, He gets how lacking in joy you are right now. And He has cleared His celestial throat and He has spoken in your direction and He wants to see this, come on, joy restored. Smile. That's really good news. So as you wrap up our time, I want to do two simple things. Number one, I want to give someone an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. That's all Christianity is. It's opening up your heart to a forever friendship with the God of this universe who came to earth to take hold of your life and to never let go. Christianity isn't about rules or regulations. It's not about do's and do nots. Christianity isn't about jumping through religious hoops or clearing legalistic bars. Christianity is about a God who comes to find you exactly where you are. And he'll knock at your heart's door because he is a heavenly gentleman. Him forcing his way in would be no love at all. But when you open up your heart and humbly receive his gift of love, it gives you new life today. Come on, that flows into forever. How cool a deal is that? So I want to give you an opportunity. Right now with every eye closed and no one looking around. We've got to walk out our friendship with Jesus in community, but it has to begin with a personal decision. So if that's you right now and you're saying, you know what, Dan, I've got a lot of religion. I've got a lot of rules, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I would just love to open up my heart to him. I would like to lead you in a prayer that heaven will hear and I promise you will change everything. So with every eye closed, but every heart open, if that's you and you're saying, Dan, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't have one right now. I want a real one. When I count to three, would you lift your hand where you are? Are you ready? I want a relationship with Jesus. When I count to three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Three, just lift your hand where you are. See your hands lifted, hands lifted everywhere. Keep them lifted. Eyes are closed, keep them lifted. Hands everywhere. I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me. We're going to do it all together in this room as an act of support. Come, let's pray this out loud. Dear Jesus, I'll open up my heart to you. Thank you for coming so far to take hold of my life. So I make a decision right now to give it to you. Help me by your spirit to live now for your glory. Amen.
Can you put your hands together for all the people who lifted theirs? Wow, 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 wow. Amazing. So cool. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to be hanging around, and I would love to say hey to you. Love to give you a hug and a high five. We're pumped about your jump, but we're committed to your journey, and we want to help you with your next step. Pastor Tyler is going to come up with some more next steps for you, but I promise you, you have made the greatest decision of your life. Come on, let's put your hands together one more time for these people. So cool. Okay, last thing. Uh, with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner. And I do that purposefully because the Bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And there's nothing as humbling as saying, hey, you know what, that's me with people watching. And I just want to see if God keeps his word because I've seen time and time again, he does. I want to see his promise come to pass for your life. So if you're saying, you know what, Dan, I came in here and I've lost some joy. If you're saying, you know what, Dan, I know exactly what it's like to paint a smile on my face and pretend that everything's all right, but I know that I have lost some joy. Would you allow me to knit faith with you and believe that God will give you grace and joy? Come on, that'll change the way that you do this week. Come on, can I, would you just like agree with me that your days going forward are going to be marked every day by more and more joy that comes from Jesus. Come on, would you just agree with me that there's going to be a warmth in this building that's going to be so beautiful and attractive to people in this world asking questions about what is going on in the world? Your answer will be, I don't know, but I got Jesus and I got joy. Come on. So with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around, if you know that you came in here today with the need to see joy restored, we just lift your hand right now all over the building. See, you're not alone. Keep them lifted. It's early in the day. Your deodorant will hold. Lord Jesus, right now, I knit faith with my brothers and sisters. And I thank you so much, God, that you not only make promises, you keep them. You tell us that you oppose the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Hands are lifted. That's a humble thing. So give him grace. Give him joy. Do it for your glory. And all of my brothers and sisters said, amen. God bless you. I love you. One last thing. Pastor Tyler, come here. Pastor Tyler, come here. This church is a gift to this area. Tacoma. Is it called Pierce County, is it? A gift. And, and God is about to amplify your voice in this region. He sees a trusted servant who wields the word well and is filled with his spirit and has a heart for the glory of God. So he's trusting your voice to be heard by many people. There's going to be a creativity that rises in this house. Songs are going to be written that sound like this region. Strategies are going to be developed that are going to take more ground for the kingdom. People are going to come through these doors that have never come before. But as big as this grows, as high as this flies, make sure that this simple gospel message was always the center point to which you return. A God who loved us so much 
that he would come all the way to find us. And when he found us, he gave us joy. May this simple gospel message always be the center point to which you return. May it be like a campfire you always warm yourself by. And by the grace of God, may many thousands of people in this area, in the days ahead, find space around that campfire as well. God bless. Man, I'm telling you, all morning long, it's just felt like God has brought us a word for this season. And so thank you, Pastor Dan. Life Center, would you put your hands together one more time? Thank Pastor Dan. Don't worry, you'll be back at some point. We're going we're gonna to have you back, your family. Uh, so thankful, you know, especially for those of you who raised your hand today. I want to talk just about a quick next step. Because we want to help you move from that decision to walking every single day with Jesus. We celebrate the decision, but we're passionate and committed to helping you move from that decision to engage in what's called discipleship, this, this daily journey with Jesus. So in front of you, there's a little card in that chair back that says next steps. I want to encourage you, grab that. Take a moment. Just write your name, some information down. Check that box that says I said yes, or you can... Scan that QR code right up here on the screen. Those who are watching online, you can click that link because we want to help you move from that decision. We want to help you get connected in relationship. We need one another. You make that decision individually. We walk that decision out every day in community. And so I want to invite you to stand to your feet today. Would you stand all across this room? As you do, I'm going to invite our pastors and prayer team to be up front and uh we would love to be able to pray with you about anything that you are journeying through today. We believe in a God who still answers prayer and a God who's faithful and who's good. And so today we're going to head out. We're going to send us out. We don't dismiss church here because even when the gathering's done, the church is still going. We don't just go to church. We are the church. So this week, let's go. Let's be the church. God bless. We'll see you soon. Take care.